Welcome to the show. You're listening to the Hope Radio Podcast. Stories, profiles, and interviews of courage, triumph, and perseverance. My name is Sean Davis. I happen to be your humble host. And joining me as always, my co-host with the mostest, my co-hostess. Her name is... Just Jen. And you're along with us as we keep this hope train moving on down the tracks. Choo-choo! We are hawkers of hope. We are originators of optimism. We are purveyors of positivity. We are engineers of encouragement. You put that all together, it spells hope. And that's what we are. Yes. Wow, that took a lot of effort. Yeah, we're engineers. That was that was energy. Energy. <laughs> did you see the energy coming out? Yeah, I did. I felt it. Did you feel it? I felt it. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, Jennifer, how are you doing today? I am doing quite well. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing fantabulous. Fantabulous. Living my best pandemic life. As you should. You know what? Honestly, though, Mm -hmm. there's been a lot of good that's come out of it. Yeah, you know, challenges on business, challenges with our properties that we're trying to flip, Mm -hmm. delays, money, all that kind of stuff. But you know what? I, I look at it, there actually has been a lot of positive. Yeah, I think there has been a lot of positive, but I think most people like to focus on the negative. Well, yeah, I think that we... That's all you hear about is the negative, but there has been a lot of good. If you look online or listen to the news, you hear the negative. But, you know, I think that when you actually talk to people, Mm -hmm. a lot of people are, I think, looking for the silver lining. Yeah. You know, for us, I, I think, number one, I'm living my best life relative to fitness this time Mm -hmm. has allowed me to really focus on my diet training working out etc trying to get into i'm going to turn the big 5-0 in january so i want i want to roll into january in the best shape that i've been in in three decades you can do it i know but like and then our kids just think about our kids and conversations and hikes and being outdoors and stuff it's been good yeah it's been great I, well, I think we we do try to look at the positives of negative situations, too. Yeah, I, I like to just focus on the happy. <laughs> <laughs> Which to you is food. Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> you love food. I do that, love food. That makes you happy. Yes. Your family makes you happy. My family. Sunshine food, makes you happy. Fitness, fun, <laughs> faith, oh, feel. You're, you're rolling out the seven Fs of Ula. <laughs> yeah. Faith, family, fitness, feel, finance, fun, friends. Yes. Whoa, look at me roll it out. That all makes me happy. That's awesome. Well, I think think for the people that look for the silver lining, there's plenty of silver linings to see. If you're looking for the negative, you're going to see that. If you're looking for the positive, I think you're going to see that too. My silver lining has sparkle. Sparkle? Yeah, lots of glitter and sparkle. Like brilliant? It's a fancy silver lining. Jennifer. Yeah. We're you're, upgrading you're, it. You're a down home, you know, tomboy kind of girl. You're not I a fancy love girl. Glitter. Oh my gosh. I would roll around in glitter if it wasn't messy. <laughs> that does not like I just imagine you for two years would be pulling glitter out of your hair. I love it. No. I love glitter. It's no. so fun. Did you know that glitter actually is so unique that they can use it to sometimes solve crimes? That's why I love it. What? Yeah. It's unique. <laughs> like me. <laughs> you are definitely one of a kind. <laughs> I will see, I will give you that. Well, thank you. All right. So uh, let's have some funny. Let's have some funny? Yeah, let's have some funny. Okay. Are you ready? No. Are you ready? Uh, yes. Okay, you go first. You want me to tell my funny first? You tell your funny. And then you'll tell your funny? I'll tell my funny second. Okay. I'll be the funny <laughs> first. 
Did you hear about the claustrophobic astronaut? No, that's not a good idea. He just needed a little space. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) I thought that was a good one. That was was my funny. Now, what's your funny? My funny is about food. Of course it is. (laughs) Okay, you ready? Yeah. Why do hamburgers go to the gym? Uh, Why do hamburgers go to the gym? To get good buns? Yes! <laughs> that get, that yeah. is the first time I have, win. I have ever answered one of your jokes. Yes, here's some glitter. Sparkle, sparkle, sparkle. Yay, give me a high Confetti. five. I did it. Yeah, it's, Are you proud of me? Yeah, it's to get better buns, but you still got it. I got I <laughs> I had to think about it, and yes. I went, yeah. You're starting to get me. I feel accomplished. Yes, you're inside my head. This is great. Uh-oh. Now it, I don't have to talk or think. That doesn't sound good. <laughs> I know what goes on it's inside your head. It's crazy up in there. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Jen says, my mind works 25 times faster than yours. It I does. don't know if that's a thing I want to have experience or not. Well, you probably should, you know, try it. <laughs> you might like it. You get a lot more done. I uh, True. Yeah. True that, right? Yep. You're, that's, that's an excellent point. I know. I'm like the Tasmanian devil running around the house. In your getting, mind? No. In real life. Come on. I'm, I get so much stuff done before anyone even wakes up. Yeah, maybe. I do. You do. You do do a lot. Yeah. All right. So I've got an interview for you that I want to share. Okay. We, mm-hmm. you and me. You and me. Are going to interview a couple. Oh, fun. We get to interview two people. Yay. Normally, we're just interviewing one. Oh, two is better than one. Two is better than one. And this is Michael and Crystal. Oh, okay. And guess what? What? We're interviewing them on their anniversary. <gasps> it's their anniversary? Yeah. Aw. And we get to celebrate with them. And they're doing our podcast about hope on their anniversary. More glitter and sparkles. More glitter and sparkles Yay. for them. Uh, great, great <gasps> stories of hope. What? Is there going to be cake? I don't know. We got to ask. We need to have cake and celebrate the I anniversary. Know. Okay. I know. We need to, we do, do, we'll ask. I will bake a cake. They have a great, great story. Mm-hmm. They each had really challenging, let's call it um, experiences okay. that collided in a moment. Mm-hmm. They met each other in Mexico. He was going through trauma, challenge, chaos, a broken relationship. She was, I'm over, guys, mm-hmm. for the moment. They met in, like, sparks and <gasps> flames More and glitter lightning and, and brilliance and all that kind of stuff. It's awesome. Yes. It's, it's going to be an awesome show. I can't wait. I am going to get them on the line right now because I want to get a getting into this conversation. I want to talk yes. with them. I want to hear all about it. So I'm going to call them. Okay, hurry. You ready? Yes, go. Here we go. All right, I've got Michael and Crystal on the line. Welcome to the show, you guys. How are you today? Doing wonderful, thank you. Thanks for having us. Aloha. Very nice to be here. Oh, aloha to you, and we are excited to have you on the show. Welcome, welcome. You know, I was reading, Michael, uh, in your book, Dreams, Goals, and Adventure, I was reading about your life, and I, I really feel like it's almost like a memoir of your life, and I'm, I, I went, man, I'm going to have a great time talking with these two because I just, I share a lot of similarities to your background, by the way. I don't know if you know this, but I used to sell cars and I think that you did that at one point in your life too, (laughs) right? I did. You know, I I actually have a little, one of those funny things uh, because as a real estate agent, 
I think, you know, people uh, put us like one step above used car sales people. <laughs> so, I think it goes used car sales people, then attorneys, and then maybe realtors, right? I think that, <laughs> or maybe, you know, insert which one wherever you want to go. But, Dory, I know your life has been an adventure, and I know you've had a lot of both successes, ups, and I think you've had some downs as well. And But just for our listeners, why don't you sh- share a little bit, where, where are you guys living now and what exactly are you doing for careers right now? All right. Well, Crystal and I landed in San Diego uh, October of last year after about a two, two and a half year uh, adventure in Hawaii. And prior to that, we were uh, kind of like vagabonds. Crystal, originally from Estonia, had traveled many countries, uh, ended up in Mexico, and I had, in 2007, sold all my companies and jumped on my boat and sailed up and down the Pacific coast of Mexico, where fate would have us meet in December of 2014, and and uh, we kind of, we, we had some things that we went through with challenges that were going on in our life, and uh, a year or so later, we decided that we kind of liked each other and, and wanted to continue uh, moving forward. And December, uh, excuse me, uh, August, uh, actually, August 11th, uh, 2017, we were married on the beautiful beaches uh, in Hawaii. And um, today is our third anniversary. And here we are. Happy wow, anniversary. Congratulations. That's great. Thank you. We feel honored yes. and privileged to be talking to you on your wedding anniversary. So that's that's awesome. Congratulations. What, what better thing could we be doing today, right? <laughs> exactly. Instilling hope, fostering hope in others <laughs> on your anniversary. I love that. Well, you know, and I think that w- what's important about that is that that your path has taken many twists and turns. You know, one of the things I was excited to to discover with both of you is that I think that hearing about your lives before you guys met and then hearing about what you've done since you've met and gotten married really was fascinating to me because you you guys did go through your own separate challenges. And so why don't we talk a little bit about that, Michael? I wanted to maybe have you uh, share with us a little bit about what happened in uh, you know late 2014 and kind of got your world rocked to some degree. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. You might say that. Um, December, 2014, I was sitting at my desk in my home office and was creating a document and needed a profile picture and, and, uh, was pulling something up on the internet and lo and behold, right in front of my face popped a picture of my now ex-wife and another man kissing. And, um, I knew right at that moment, my, my world was going to change. And, uh, you know, I, I, I addressed that issue and, and realized that um, I needed time to process everything that was going on. So that's when I went down to my boat in Mexico and was going through that with uh, the help and support of friends down there. And, and uh, it's where Crystal actually came into the picture because Crystal was there processing some of our own things and we began being each other's support system. Yeah, I think what what struck me about that is reading your book, Dreams, Goals, and Adventure. You know, you guys you guys were together for twenty two years, and it seemed like you just had some crazy, incredible adventures together. Whether it was sailing, whether it was uh, back and forth with businesses that you'd owned, whether it was being guides up in Alaska. I, I mean. Had you not shared with me before reading the book what had happened, I mean, I would have been absolutely floored. I just felt like that was something that just came out of left field 
for you specifically. So how did you process that? How did you handle that really kind of earth shattering surprise when it, when it hit you? Well, yeah, I mean, um, we had been together, uh, for 22, 23 years by the time uh, it was all uh, said and done. And we were actually living our dreams. And I, I, you know, there was countless amounts of people, friends and what have you that thought that we would be like the couple forever. And, and, uh, they could only wish and hope that, uh, they, they could, you know, fulfill some of their, their dreams and goals like we had. And, um, that earth shattering day when it came along, I'll be honest with you, you know, Chris and I talk about this often. It, it was one of the darkest, most difficult times in my life because of the pain that I was going through. I was absolutely crushed. In fact, um, you know, I, I can honestly say if Crystal hadn't come into my life, I don't know where I'd be at today or if I'd even be because even though I had her love and support while I was going through this, the following summer, I reached a, a level of depression that uh, I I had never experienced in my life. And I, I understand and have a whole new respect for people that have mental illness now because I literally had no control of my thoughts and the things that were going on in my head. And I would curl up in a ball in the corner and just cry. And, and uh, it was, it was, I, I just, it was, it was unreal. I, I can only say that. And Crystal, meeting Crystal um, in December and, you know, we, we work a lot with our inner family and, and um, you know, inner child, inner uh, woman, inner man. And I didn't under, fully understand all that before I met Crystal because her background and, and where she comes from, that's kind of been her life. Mine's been more of the business and structural, which obviously make us a good combination and team right now. But what I, what I realized the day that we met, which is, um, you know, embedded in my brain forever. I felt Crystal's presence. I didn't know it at the time, but I felt her presence when I was in this little cultural center. And I was there because some friends of mine owned the place and I was looking for a place to stay. My boat was in Puerto Vallarta and all my friends were in La Cruz. And that time of year, there's not any places to stay because it's the height of the season. And somebody told me that, um, El Jardín del Popo, which is Octopus Garden, had rooms for rent. And that's a friend of mine's place, and I didn't realize it. So when I went up there and I asked them, they said, just so happens, the guy that was staying in this room moved upstairs to stay with his friends that he's visiting, and we do have a room. So when we were sitting and talking about that, we were standing next to a table that had four people sitting at the table three of which I could actually see their faces and one that had their back towards me. And while I was standing there, I felt this overwhelming presence of something. And I couldn't explain it to you then. And I did what I've often done is I kind of dismissed it. And I've been very intuitive my whole life. I've, I've, I've been blessed with paying attention, even though I didn't really pay attention or fully understand. And this is one of those times again, and when I left and came back and I was talking to my friends again, Crystal walked up. And of course, I didn't know her at this time. And that overwhelming presence came back into my body again. And I realized right at that moment, she was the one sitting at the table with her back towards me 
when I was there earlier. And it we were meant to meet there at that little cultural center. And that was the beginning of, you know, the friendship and support that we needed to help each other go through the things that we were going through because she was there going through some things herself. And I want to get so, to that. I want to, I want to ask her about that because I was fascinated to hear that she was from Estonia and that she was struggling uh, with regard to relationships. And it almost gotten to a point where she had just resigned herself to the fact that maybe, maybe my guy isn't out there. So Crystal, why don't you share us a little bit about, you know, kind of what you were going through leading up to you meeting Michael, uh, you know, down there in Mexico. Yeah. So I, um, I, at the time, I wasn't maybe that conscious about it, but actually I had been looking for Mr. Wright for 14 years, traveling to 30 countries, and I was so deeply yearning and desiring for love and care and sharing the love I had that um, I just, I, I was like on a mission. And um, that time when I was back in La Cruz, in that village and in that cultural center, was actually just one month after the fact um, where I stopped working for a multimillionaire um, in the northern part of Mexico, uh, where I was um, on location therapist and business um, help for him. And it turned really bad because he uh, was a drug addict and so on. So it was dangerous for me to continue to be there. So I had to figure out my way to get out of there and reset my life on every possible level. And um, it was that moment when I realized that um, I don't want to do anything with men, whether it's work or whether it's relationship, I'm done with men. Like they just trouble. <laughs> so <laughs> Why are you laughing, Jennifer? Because I was just relating like they're just trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought I thought what was interesting about you also is that you, from Estonia, you talked about the difference in, in how men are in Estonia, or specifically more so how women are because of what men do in Estonia. So maybe that would help our, our listeners to understand, you know, culturally what you were dealing with with regard to men from Estonia. Yeah, so Estonia is a little country uh, south of Finland, so we are located um in such a way that we are in the middle of the east and west. So uh, we have Russia on one side and Denmark on the other side and Sweden. So so we are uh, really in a good location. So this has caused a situation where over so many centuries, Estonia has been taken over by so many countries. You know, we were occupied by Russia 50 years. We were overtaken by Denmark, Sweden, Germany, so many other countries uh, over and over again. So which resulted in a cultural situation where women were oftentimes left alone, uh, men were taken away through the wars or sent to Siberia or whatever else was happening. Nowadays, men are usually working outside of Estonia because even though Estonia is part of European Union, most people still this say they're maybe monthly income is around like $600 to $1,000 if that. And the costs are so much higher. So they have to figure out the way to um, manage. And so many times the men decide to go and work outside of Estonia, leaving the family in Estonia oftentimes. So, so the woman has to take care of everything and be the man in the family. 
So you couldn't you couldn't count on men basically. You couldn't count on men for emotional support, maybe physical or uh, financial support, but very little support because they were gone. Yeah, they were gone, and then you have generation after generation women uh, raising those children, whether they were men, uh, I mean boys or girls. So all of them, we got that um, uh, you know almost injected into our mindset and way of being you have to do everything yourself to manage it and then um, boys were growing up with this uh, bitterness that you know they were not taken as men because there were no role models uh, for them no dad no men were there and if the men were there they were really weak because they were uh, growing up with um, their mothers or grandmothers who didn't really you know um, uh, act as like real mature main men would, you know. So in such way, um, the polarities of the masculine and feminine uh, have been for centuries completely out of balance. So when first time I, I brought Michael to Estonia, he was like, what the heck is going on? We have all these beautiful women, all educated, so beautiful, and they have no partners. Like, what is going on? <laughs> So, and then I explained, Michael, you know, this is um, the wound of the cultural wound we have in Estonia. And I know in so many ways it's in other countries too, but in our country it was so deep. And now when I live outside of Estonia, I even see it like, you know, much clearer because I'm not in there. So I also see how it was um, in my life and how it had influenced me to attract so many weak men into my life where that pattern was like repeating and repeating. And just one month before meeting Michael, I was done with that pattern. I, I said, I would rather be alone, but I'm not going to be with someone who is uh, weaker than me and, you, you know, so that I will be like the man in the family. I don't want that anymore. I want the equal partner. I want the king. And Someone I also uh, can connect to as equal so that we can co-create um, as well. And uh, when I met Michael, I couldn't almost believe that such a man actually exists because I had never experienced someone so gentleman-like and so caring and loving. And um, I, I had years where I actually worked with that uh, little list of what kind of man I would like to have. And I went from one extreme to another. So one time I asked for uh, like extremely like spiritual man. And then I got the spiritual man who had no knowledge of how to manage life, you know, finances and work and so on. So then I asked for a financial, you know, man. And then that person had no idea what God was or like what spiritual life was. And then I was asking, okay, I, I want a smart man. And then I got the smart man, but then he, uh, there was no kindness and no love and no caring. It wasn't until she actually went to Santa. Yeah. And, you, know, you, you actually have to hear this story. Yeah. So I was kind of seeing this Santa in one of the shopping um, malls, and I was like, oh, that's a joke probably, but... I'm going to go and ask if I can, you know, uh, order a man. <laughs> so I'm really done. I don't know anymore, like, uh, how this goes, you know. 
And Santa said, of course. And I said, okay, wait here. I will go and write my list because you have to know what I want. Now I have figured out that many of those things don't work. So I have to really write it down exactly what I want. So I went to a cafe. I sat down and I wrote that list for two hours. And once this was ready, I went back again where the Santa was. The Santa was gone. So I was like, oh, that's bummer. So now I lost the chance. But Two years later, that was around Christmas time when actually Michael showed up in Mexico. And then I realized maybe Santa was actually trying to deliver, but because I was moving so much, he had real trouble with the address. So, <laughs> oh, I, I love that. You gone from Estonia to Mexico to all these different places. He was just trying to catch up with you. He's like, <laughs> hey, listen, two years ago, you kind of gave me a list and, and I'm trying to fulfill it for you if I can find you. Yeah. yeah, and then also, you know, I thought maybe it's a Mexican Santa Claus, you know, they have Mexican time, so. <laughs> well, I, I, I love I love that story. I mean, that number one, I think sometimes it's, it's, sometimes we get so keyed up in our own imagining of the timing of what we want and when we want it by that we lose sight that the creator of the universe maybe has better timing in place. You know, like what Michael had to go through was horrible and horrendous and you don't wish that on anybody. But the reality of it is, is that had to happen in, in between the time that you said what you wanted and when you met him, those two years, that's that's when the breakup happened for he and his, and his wife. And so the reality of it is, is I think all things happen for a reason. I think there was another point in there too that I keyed in on and, and that was that about a month before you met Michael, you just said, okay, I'm done. I'm just going to stop. Like you, you'd reached a point where you, you, you stopped holding on to the goal. And I, and I can't, whether it's people trying to get pregnant or whether it's somebody trying to find an, a, a partner, I can't count how many times I've heard stories of as soon as somebody lets go of yes. the tightly held white knuckled grip on whatever it is that they're desiring, that God gives it to you. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it shows up, it just mm-hmm. arrives. And I think that, you know, your story is such a love story and that you both met at a place where you just really felt empty to some degree and alone and look at what happened. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I so believe that there is divine timing in everything. And uh, my situation really looks like, you know, if you have ever seen uh, how a cat is chasing their own tail. <laughs> so I just stopped chasing that tail. And then I realized, oh my God, my tail actually follows me. So <laughs> I, don't I, I don't have to. Yeah. So it was um, such a revelation and um, also uh, when we uh, started to get to know each other, I realized also that uh, I want to do everything very different uh, this time. And that's also why we took that extra, it turned into a year to figure out individually uh, where are we, what do we desire, like individually for the future and then is there something common ground which we can cooperate and um, and and move start to move forward uh, together? And that's so crucial. And I think so many people, when they meet each other, they jump into that uh, common ground right away, and they haven't really cleaned up the old stuff or past, and then they drag all that stuff into the new relationship, and that's so toxic. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I couldn't agree with you more. And I, I think, Michael, you were you were doing your own processing. I guess one thing that I wanted to key in on, on on what you had said is that you felt a presence. You felt something. As you recall that and, and look back on that, what do you think that was? Was that God's way of trying to l- let you know, hey, here, here's a spark of hope that th- this person is meant to be in your life? Like, how do you interpret what happened to you, that presence feeling, when you first met Crystal now as you reflect back on it? Well, one of the things that I've learned since meeting Crystal uh, about my inner family and uh, the inner woman's intuition in that, um, whether it be God, whether it be universe, whether it be um, other powers, whatever it is, it is a message. It's something that needs to be listened to. Now, what that message is, I don't know that it's specific to say, okay, you need to do this, you need to do that. I think it's more like a, um, you know, uh, I, I don't want to call it a warning bell, but it's a, a bell that goes off that says there is something there that you need to pay attention to. Once you do that and it, you become conscious of that, only then can whatever it is evolve to what it's supposed to be. So um, I do believe in God. I do believe in higher power. I do believe in universe. I do believe in all of that. And to say exactly what that was, I, I, can't, I can't even begin to say exactly what that is, except for the fact that what was meant to be is me be aware. And because of that awareness, we had a chance to meet. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. You, yeah. you get that sense. Like yeah, it, it's almost, it's almost like that, that if you're awake to your spirit, yes. that knowing mm-hmm. in your spirit that something's going on that isn't of the natural or ordinary to acknowledge that, to be aware of it, and then to be open to that possibility. I think that's a great, great point. Great lesson right there. Now, was that the first time you had that kind of like overwhelming, powerful sense? No, actually, I've experienced it my entire life. Um, uh, Matter of fact, people always used to come up to me and say, oh man, you should be a counselor. Oh man, you should do this. Oh man, I've always had an intuition. Um, I've always been able to hold space. I've always been present. I've always been able to provide a perspective from outside of the box. I've always been able to do these things and I never thought anything of it. You know, I thought it was just me. And then after meeting Crystal and actually tapping a little bit more into my spirituality and, and the gifts that have been given to me and my abilities to support other people to hold space, um, the, the, the power I have within my own hands um, that I began to realize that all these things that have happened over the course of my life have happened for a reason, have happened because I have these things that I was meant to use or share or whatever the case might be. But, you know, it, it, it's always been there. Um, it just, you know, I'd never fully understood it until I had somebody start to talk to me more about it so that I could, I could, you know, get a better idea of what it was. Yeah. For those that are faithful, I think we call those gifts. Yes. Those, those, those are gifts. Now you mentioned your hands and you mentioned that in your book too. So I believe I also, Jim will attest to this, Mm -hmm. have power in my hands. It's funny. I've, I've got uh, two, 
leather. Um, well, actually, I've got four of them on my wrist, but I've got uh, two on each wrist. They're leather wrap bracelets, and they've got uh, various spiritual quotes on them. But I, when I got them, I, I said, I, I said, I'm putting them on my hands. I want God's words in and around my hands. So, is it a gift of healing? Is it a gift of energy? Like, w- w- what's going on with your hands? Uh, yes, and yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is healing. It is energy. It is, um, Crystal will tell you firsthand, I, I truly do have a touch that can be calming. I do have a touch that can be healing. Um, I can feel when I work with somebody and I do body work in that, I can feel the vibration, the energy from my hands to about my elbow. It's a tingling sensation. Um, I'm able to, you know, I, I worked with somebody last year where they had, um, and, and I don't want to make any claims that I can, you know, do specific things, but I will tell you that uh, a guy I worked with last year had a pain in a specific area, and I worked with him, and that pain was, he was able to subside it. So basically, we kind of moved that pain, uh, you know, into a place where, you know, it either dissipated or was less. So, you know, I've, I've read books on it. I started reading a little bit more about it when I realized that I had these gifts and I wrote about them in my book, not even knowing that I had them. So, you know, it, it's a new and learning experience that I'm going through with now. Some of the stuff Crystal, I do, Crystal and I do, especially when we go back to Estonia, is we do a lot of work with people on the body, body and mind and spirit. And a lot of that is touch. I believe that. I believe in the in the power of healing. I believe in the power of touch. I be, believe in the power of transfer. Uh, also, energy. So, I mean, we're we're simpatico there. Like we're on the we're on the same page. I, I I love that, and I do think the more that you work with those gifts, the more that you chase after the understanding and the capability, the more you're going to be able to develop that. You know, because we've we've got a really good friend that like like I felt feel like when she fell down the spiritual gift tree, she hit every branch, and she's like she's been a really really awesome um, educator, mentor, friend to us in that regard. And, uh, man, I've, I've felt some incredible things through her hands. And then she's helped me to understand that within myself. So that, that's awesome. I, I, I love that. So let me, let me ask you a different question. Um, and Jen and I were talking about this and we were so, so curious. Well, maybe Jen spirit mates. Now you're one of 10 couples in the world that are classified as spirit mates. What's that all about? <laughs> I'm going to actually let Crystal answer this because this um, was the author of this was a teacher of Crystal. Yeah. So I'm Senna, um, who was um, originally from Denmark. Uh, she sadly passed away last year uh, due to cancer. But she was my teacher in energy work and uh, she brought something called aura transformation to this world. So helping people to upgrade their energies into the new um, systems like indigo crystal and golden energy. And as people get into these new uh, ways of functioning where the body and spirit um, melt together in a different way, we also start to connect with each other uh, in a different way. So her point of view was that instead of soulmate, which is connected and um part of uh, the soul energy, which is the older energy structure, 
we are now moving into spirit mate, which is where we are heading now, where we have more focused on the spirit and the body uh, melting together. So it's a little different there. And on that route to spirit mate, um, we are most probably going to meet uh, consciousness partners, which means that these are people who come to clean us, to, who come to remind us that, you know, you need to work on this pattern or, or this uh, thing so that you will um, enlighten these thoughts inside of you. And then as you work through this, you will prepare yourself to meet your spirit mate. So when Michael was talking about that energy, what, what he felt, I believe that that energy was actually the energy what, what happened when two spirit mates meet because the um, powerful parts of the two spirit uh, polarities get together into the same physical space. And then everything around and in them will multiply and amplify. And that feels almost overpowering first time. It's like so high frequency energy that you almost don't know what to do with it because it's so unusual. I know and, exactly um, what you're talking about because that's exactly what I went through <laughs> when I met Jen. That's exactly why Aww. three days after we went on our first date, I sent her a balloon that said, I love you very much. And it had a bear on it. <laughs> I know true. exactly what you're talking about. No, in all seriousness, I, I, I do like it. There's this, this, just this connection. You know, I, I say to Jen, Jen and I were one of these uh, tumultuous couples. I think when, when you think about high school relationships, we were, together and then we were broken up and then we were together and then we were broken up and then together and then broken up. And I, I used to always say that my scale always went from zero to Jen, you know, like there was nobody that like, there was just something about that tug, that spirit, that yeah. thing that wouldn't let me let her go. And likewise with you, right? Yes. Please say, please say so. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> no, I, I love that. Yeah. So, uh, one one question I, I did have because I, I wanted to make sure we have enough time to, to talk about this is Michael reading read in your book I wanted to get your guys' take given what you both have been through and weathered etc but you had a quote in your book that I loved and it, it went like this we all face setbacks and soul crushing self-doubt but even during our worst moments, there exists a glimmer of hope in the back of each of our minds. This spark might be so small that we barely know it's there, but it is, and we must recognize and then nurture it so that we keep moving toward our goals. So I thought that was awesome and very appropriate yeah. for our discussion today. And so I guess that the question that I would have is, how did you maintain hope how do you maintain hope you know I guess that's that's the question because I felt like you'd been through a lot and to have you know after 22 years you were retired you'd sailed up and down the coast and then all of a sudden you just get this devastating news that upends and change your life completely and I look back over your uh, reading your book and I really feel like you were prepared for that because you had struggled before you'd in faced insurmountable mountains and creditors calling and not knowing where your next paycheck was going to come from and moving you know, across the country multiple times and service, et cetera. So do you feel like all of that really helped you to prepare for that uh, place of hope or, you know, what are your thoughts? Well, absolutely. Um, life, life is all about learning and, and, you know, it depends on the situation, but you can take things that you learned from the past. In this particular situation, we're talking, we've been talking about the most recent one, which has started in 2014, 15. 
when I wrote the book, I was referring to the, the one that had happened right after I returned home from Desert Storm in 1991. And what had, I, and I was still relatively young at the time, so I didn't have as much learning before that as I do now. But what I had was the dreams and goals that I had put forth for my future at, a, at an earlier age, around 17. And the dreams and goals I had when I was going through that difficult time, I'd actually put up on the shelf and forgotten about because one, I didn't feel as worthy. Two, it was the furthest thing from my brain because of the things I was going through. You know, I had to survive and everything else. But truly what saved my life at that particular time was remembering those dreams and goals. And that's, that was the spark because those dreams and goals I pulled down off the shelf and dusted them off. And those were the things that drove me through that difficult time in order to come out, you know, of that period and go into a period which was much more desired, which was, you know, to get beyond that and start living life and, and get ahead to the point where I could sell everything, jump on a boat and sail around the world. So, you know, that spark was the dreams and goals that I had created uh, you know, back when I was 17 years old, and here I am in my early 20s going through a, a very difficult time, not thinking anything about those, but in fact, those were the things that saved my life. Yeah, I, I, I love that. And I can see that. I, I think sometimes, you know, desperation and moments of calamity and fallout and chaos, I mean, those... In the moment, you, you, you just feel like you're in a tidal wave going down the, the toilet, literally. But those can be some of the biggest blessings in disguise that we've ever known. Like, I look back on my own life and some of the most challenging periods that I've ever gone through, I now reflect as blessings in disguise. So when you think about your life, both of you, when you both think about your life, do you, do you see things that way? Do you see those times of chaos and, and loneliness and desperation and being upset? Do you, do you now reflect on them differently than you did when you're in the moment? Well, I, I want to, uh, before Crystal gets in, I want to say something. Not only is it the bad times that help build us, you got to take the good times too, because I'll be honest with you, that 22, 23 years I spent with my ex-wife, you know, 21 to 22 of those were incredible. We were living a great life. We had, we had everything that we had worked towards, all the dreams and goals and everything else. And even though I had to go through that difficult time, the pain and everything else, I reflect back on that and I'm super grateful for it because that time period helped make me who I am today. So it's not just the negative things or the bad things that happen, it can also be the positive things that help develop who we are. And Crystal's actually very grateful for her too, because one, she, she was, you know, part of me becoming who I am today. And secondly, because she was stupid enough to throw me away. (laughs) (laughs) The good point. I I do understand that. Yeah. I love that. And when I met Michael, I was like, I, I almost couldn't believe that someone couldn't see the value or like, couldn't really like understand what kind of a man they had but it's also you know we had different backgrounds I came from you know many relationships which were disaster and chaos and this lady had been with Michael for 20 years so I think there were many things also started to be taken for granted probably so it was very different perspective but 
going back to these like challenges and chaos and um, what what's good about those things. When I go back to 21 years ago, when the, uh, the father of my uh, son came home and said, sorry, um, I have another another girl I love, so uh, move out, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, our son was two, two and a half years old. Um, for me, that family was everything I had. Um, I felt so accomplished that I had managed to create that family. And then suddenly everything was gone. I was so desperate. I I was ready to kill myself because it was like I felt like I was the biggest disaster there was. And I called to the lifeline um, a lady, and she was saying, "If you do it, just think that you know your son has nothing to do, or like there is no guilt for him that you are doing this, but." The result is that there will be a son without no mom. So um, is that like fair towards him? And that really made me think, you know, what is my why? Why am I here? And that moment connected me to my son as my anchor, as my why. And even though we broke up and the whole process of breaking up from that relationship and clearing it took me almost five years to be okay with it, I see that was the biggest gift and biggest pain which I went through, but it's also the time where I had to turn, I had to do those changes because we were just very different people and it was meant to go that way. But at that time when that happened was very hard. And the rest of the years, my son was my anchor. My son was always there to remind me of you know trying to keep myself on track and not be too crazy and do stupid things. So so that was really a core thing for me, which helped me um, and was my lifeline through those very desperate times. And and I came from a family we didn't have much. So throughout all my adulthood, I was on my own. I had no backup. Um, so I had to figure it out all the time, over and over. All, all the time, all by myself. So uh, there were times where I had no food, I had no place to live, and I had to figure out how to get out of those uh, times. And um, and uh, every time my son was my lifeline and, and, and keeping me going and wanting to become the better woman, better mother, and uh, better role model for him. And the time when we now met him in Estonia and he could meet uh, also Michael, I felt so proud because finally I had a really amazing king I could present to him and see like, see, I actually finally made it. I'm not like too bad. So, and he's also very happy for us. So, um, and he has managed to go through lots of his challenges. So, and I have been there for him. So, so that's been a, a, a very amazing journey too. I agree. Let, let me go back to something you said. Did you actually call in? So you were feeling like you didn't want to be here. You were feeling suicidal. And you said you actually called a hotline. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. You know, like we, we've had uh, conversations with people about suicide and suicide prevention and those types of things. And that's, you know, that's part of the the biggest reason why I think I'm, Jen and I have yeah. embarked on this whole Hope Radio podcast is to 
is to hopefully make a difference in somebody's life that may be feeling that kind of desperation. Now, Michael, I, I'll be candid. I read between the lines. I, I'm thinking that you were feeling very similar, questioning whether or not you even wanted to be here. I mean, your whole world came crumbling down around you, and you it's hard to to see any uh, bright light through all the devastation, you know? And so is, is that correct? You were, you were thinking the same thing uh, w- when your life got upended? Yeah. You know, actually I started to write, um, uh, it's going to be part of my next book, but uh, you know, it's funny enough. I, I would never, I would never take my own life because I believe that I'm, I'm stronger than that. But the, the, the thing that I'm writing is if you think about suicide, does that make you suicidal? Mm, and I was to the point where I, I wasn't thinking about killing myself, but I was thinking about how strong I was that I wouldn't kill myself and that I couldn't maintain or control anything that was going on in my own head. And for a guy that is a motivational speaker, um, living life, loving life, had the dreams, had the goals, to be in that position at a point in my life, I, I just couldn't understand it. And I was going through different, you know, different types of therapy and counseling and medications and uh, af- I was doing affirmations. I was doing, I mean, I would wake up at three 30 in the morning with voices in my head that I could not control. I'd get out of bed and I'd go into the living room. I'd take my pillow and blanket and curl up on the floor and be there for a couple three hours. And I couldn't shake it. And then I get up and I go for long walks and I couldn't shake it. And I go to the harbor and be down by the boats in the water where I feel most calm and I couldn't shake it. And this went on for a month, two months, three months. And, you know, it took, fortunately, the support of some friends and, and me going through the process. And I, I hate the saying, you know, time heals all wounds. But in reality, it took time to get through that. But yes reading through the lines, you are correct that I I was there. And I guess, I I guess my point of asking that question is that, you know, you're the first couple that I've had on that individually at different stages of your life really had that. Do I want to be here? Do I not want to be here? And Crystal, you even calling into those, those hotlines, which I think is just an incredible story in and of itself. But I guess what, what I'm getting at here is if you could each share, if there's somebody right now feeling hopeless, if there's somebody right now feeling like there's no reason to be here, if there's somebody feeling like I, I don't matter, my existence doesn't matter. And you know, maybe I'd be better off not being here. You know, as two people that have felt that I feel like you're living such a sweet awesome life now what would you say to somebody that may be feeling like that right now so i would say uh from the spiritual perspective if people would see how many spirits are in the line in the queue to get the body and how many people who have the body are wasting their body every day uh, very unconsciously putting like bad food into it and not taking care of their body and not creating the life they are here to live, then that helps you put things into perspective. Every person who has been born here has got a jackpot. So don't waste it. That's so simple. Yeah. yeah and, you know, for me, it's um, find a support system whether it be friends, family, uh, a toll-free number, um, there's always somebody that they can communicate with. Secondly, there's 
there's always a reason to live. And you need to figure out what that reason is, um, whether it's a person, whether it's, you know, whatever that why is, um, there's always something there. So focusing on that, getting support, focusing on that and changing the mindset. And sometimes it's difficult. I, I'll be the first to tell. Um, I wasn't to the point where I wanted to kill myself, but I wasn't, I was to the point where I didn't see the purpose for going on. Yeah. And there was a purpose and I forced myself every day to think about those things. And had I tossed in the towel and not made a point of thinking about those things to try to do the affirmations, to try to think of the reason to get through that difficult time to find the support that I needed through friends, family, therapy, and whatever it was, it might've been a different story, but I believe that everybody has a reason. They just need to figure out what it is. Then they need to find the support system that will help them get through it. But I think, I I think it's, I was just going to say, I think, I think it's a little bit more than that too. I think that people that are in that situation, feel like the best of their life is over or that feel like that there's no chance that the sweetness and the awesome and the happiness and the joy of life is available to them in the future. I mean, being hopeless in my mind means that that you don't have any thought that tomorrow could be better than today or that, Mm -hmm. you know, the future in any way can be better than today. And I feel like you both are living a life now together that is so sweet, better than you could have ever imagined, but you would have never known that had you not made it through, had you not persevered, had you not gotten through those difficult times. And so somebody that's listening right now, I want them to know that life can be so beautiful, so sweet, so enjoyable, so blissful in the future, but you just got to get through the moment. You got to get yeah. through today. You got to get through the, the the pain and suffering of today. Well, you have to be there for the future. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, good point. That's what with both of us, we have been very courageous taking those steps, you know, whether it's like just going, following your inner guidance to go to Mexico and voila, you just bump into each other, you know. But you also have to take action. It's not only good to have the courage, it's also take action, whatever that is. And another thing is to ask for help because many times we think like, oh, when I'm now going to ask for help, I look like weak or whatever. And to summarize it all, I and we believe it's also a topic of our podcast, which we call Abundance in Action. We believe that each one of us, we have a treasure box inside. And so many people, they even die in such a way that they never open it. So we have many talents. We have um, different things we know um, maybe from other lifetimes or even this lifetime we haven't just figured it out we haven't given time to experiment to play uh, to explore and once we start to do that then we realize oh my god I have a new profession here or I could do this or I could create this you know we uh, did a morning walk today we came back and as I was under the shower I got a new business idea so I come out of the shower, I share it with Michael. He had these five cents and we have a, maybe a new product or service. So voila. There's, there's, always, there's always more pressure in the pressure box. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, it can't serve you. Yeah. So that's the, that's the point. 
I think Jen Jen wrote down treasure box. I think she yeah. keyed in on that. What 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 did you key in on on that? No, I just was taking notes because I think it's very interesting. Like a, it's, that's a great visual perspective for me. Yeah, you have uh, each of us inside of us has these treasures, these mm-hmm. gifts, these these things that we can use to benefit ourselves and others, and. You just got to be willing to open the box. It sounds magical to me. <laughs> and for, for a Disney... If you think about it, normally when you look at somebody opening a treasure box on TV or something yeah. else, what happens? You open it up and all of a sudden there's this bright, shiny light. Yes. And it's filled with gold and all these other things. Now, everybody's treasure box is going to be different. But if you're sitting on with the lid closed, obviously you're going to think that there is nothing ahead of you. Mm-hmm. You have to open it, yeah. and once you open it, then it becomes more obvious. Yeah. Like when, when uh, we got together, we also have been exploring more of the treasures we can cooperate together. But prior meeting Michael, I had a whole journey of ten years, you know, realizing, wow, I'm an energy healer, I'm a coach, I'm a water therapist, I can do tantra. I can do uh, help people with their mind patterns. I can help with body mind theory things, and I can lead uh, different um, adventurous weeks. There were so many things coming out of me. I had no idea I had in me. So part of the difference was I created situations and possibilities to explore it, and you should also explore it together with people. So um, it will get more fun, and then also. You can't back yourself out of it because if you put a sign up that you will do something, then you have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. Yes. You're a rule follower like Jen. If you do it, if you say you're going to do it, you better follow through. You better do yeah, it. That we, we instill that in our four boys. Yes. Well, you guys have been awesome. I mean, I really, really appreciated your story. Uh, really appreciated your perspective. Um, I love that you came and joined our podcast on your anniversary. I feel like life has has brought you two together in a meaningful and purposeful way. And I think your message is going to uh, lift up and inspire others. So thank you so much for your time today. And thank you so much for uh, coming on the show. Yeah, it's our honor, our pleasure, and thank you. Thank you. What a gift for the anniversary. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, and happy anniversary. Well, thank you. All right, Jen, what did you think of our interview with Michael and Crystal? What a beautiful love story. I I know. Really, I mean, out of the challenges that they both faced, Mm -hmm. you can hear their love and respect for each other. You can hear how committed Mm -hmm. they are to each other and what they're doing now. And I love stories of redemption like that. I love stories like when you, when you experience that heartache, when that, that loss occurs, you know, all of a sudden Michael sees what he saw, Mm -hmm. his marriage has ended. He's got no idea what's going to come next. Having no idea of the beautiful blessing that is crystal that would show up in his life. Yeah. I love that so much. I, I just honestly think that, you know, your person's out there. Your person is out there. Yeah. I found my person. I found my person too. Who's your person? You're my person. You're my person. Oh, <laughs> it's so cute. Yeah, no, I love that. I love it. I mean, it was just a great love story. I love listening to those. Yeah, and, and I love their perspective on uh, just kind of approaching inner man, inner mm-hmm. woman, mm-hmm. doing like spirit work, yeah. soul work, working on your, like how you communicate and relate and and have communion with other people and mm-hmm. fellowship and friendship etc they seem like awesome awesome people to hang out with yeah i think we should hang out with them they live in san diego too so yes i'm thinking there's a beach there 
It's actually on the way to Mexico. <gasps> Jennifer. Know, we can go sail in Cabo. Yeah. Or actually, you know what? What? If we're in Cabo, how cool would it be if they met us down there in the oh my gosh. sailing boat? Heck yeah. Hint, hint, hint. Yeah, that'd be great. Hint. Yeah. Well, Jen, if people want to hear more awesome interviews from us, how do they do so? They can tune us in on iHeartRadio. All of the pod platforms. Yeah, that. <laughs> All of the podcast platforms. No, I like that before. You, what I said? I don't know that I could say that again like that. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, we're on all the platforms. I wonder if that's how we sound to most people. Do you think? <laughs> sometimes Maybe. I think I do. I sometimes get tongue-tied. Sometimes yeah. I do sound like that. Yeah. Clearly. Clearly. But on all the podcast platforms, yes. like and subscribe. All you can do is search for Hope Radio Podcast. Mm -hmm. All right. And if they want to get a little bit more personal with us, how do they do so? Like if you want to send us messages? Yes. Oh, you can reach us at Hope Radio Podcast on Facebook and on Instagram. Both. Both. If you have a story of hope, Two. if you know of somebody that has a story of hope, this is how we keep the hope train rolling down the track choo choo <laughs> did i do good you did really good was that a good choo choo you have a good horn what <laughs> choo choo horn i don't like that <laughs> well you do all right thank you you're welcome you made me think of my, my nose when you said i have a good horn <gasps> that's not a horn it's a nose do i have something coming on my head no you're not a unicorn <laughs> i am i forgot sparkle glitter and unicorns i thought you were a fairy I have wings too. I'm a Pegasus. Are you? Uh -huh. You're a Pegasus unicorn. Yes, that's it. I forget. <laughs> so do I. All right. So this hilarity is going to keep rolling on down the tracks. We have another show coming up tomorrow. 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 So let's do this again, okay. Jen. I had some fun today. You know what? I have time. Do you? Yes. Are I, you going to book me into my schedule? I'm going to put you down Wait, for tomorrow. I knew what you were meaning. <laughs> I'm going to put you on my calendar for tomorrow. Let's Sounds chat. Good. Let's do it. Okay.